0: It's a simple and well-known statement. Actions speak louder than words. Welcome to What We Believe and Why with pastor, author, and teacher, Dr. George Byron Coke. This is episode 21. Our discussion has been around the connection of law and love and covenant. We'll wrap up that discussion today and then begin exploring faith. We've got a lot to cover, so let's go to work. Here's George. When we finished last time, we were
1: marveling at the fact that Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, quotes from Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, where in that context, God promises that the day will come and a new covenant will come when he writes his laws on the minds and hearts of the people. That whole promise is from Jeremiah, a prophet of the Old Testament in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament. And so we realize that it is not Jesus nor his followers who suddenly flee the covenants of Judaism and start a new religion, but rather Jesus and his followers claim and live out a new covenant already promised and prophesied by the God of the Old Testament through the words of a prophet of the Old Testament, Jeremiah. Now further. The covenant that Jesus declares is one where those who are redeemed will know the Lord, and his laws, his teachings and instructions will be internalized and lived out, rather than performed because of external behavior control, whether by peer pressure or because of scrutiny from religious leaders. That is, the prophecy in Jeremiah lived out in the new covenant— is that people would not harm each other, that they would care for each other, not because there were rules enforced by others to make them behave, but because God's counsel was incorporated directly in their own hearts and minds. And note that God says that it will be with the house of Israel. And Jesus himself says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this is not a new religion for Gentiles, divorced from its Jewish roots, with a blonde, blue-eyed Jesus saving non-Jews who simply declare their faith in him and casting off the legalistic Jews who didn't get it, that he was the Messiah. Rather, it is the fulfillment of God's promises to the house of Israel that he will be their God and they will be his people And they will be so close to him as to know his heart and will act in ways that will make others fall in love with him. Jesus clearly taught in these ways. He quoted the Tanakh. He recited the Shema. The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. He quoted the Old Testament, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He told them how to demonstrate that they were his followers, not by proper defense and assertion of theology, not by agreeing to certain propositions or concepts, not by affirming carefully reasoned doctrines, but by how they treated each other. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And on and on he taught, in these instructions and others like them, about loving enemies and sinners and those sick, poor, in jail, despised, marginalized by others, giving more than was asked, going further than requested. He made himself the ultimate sacrifice, the giving of his own life for us, because he loved us. The love of God poured through him, because the love of God was in him, and he desired that it also be in us. He praised this in John 17. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you and me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me father i desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where i am that they may behold my glory which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world o righteous father the world has not known you But I have known you, and these have known you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Though Jesus was sent to the people of Israel, it was through the people of Israel, promised in the covenant with Abraham, that God promised all people would be blessed. And so the love of God was given to the Gentile as well as the Jew, and all who accepted it were grafted into the vine. And so even Gentiles became followers of the Messiah of Israel and carry the love of God placed in their hearts. Christians believe that Jesus Christ is actually God, one person of a trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who together are one God. They believe that the Son is God and has existed since before creation, that creation happened through him. Consider the implications of this. What was created through him returns through him to come on to the Father. Thus, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one can come to the Father except through me, it's an obvious consequence of his creation role in the Godhead. It's practically a tautology. But if that is true, then it has always been true. Jesus didn't say, it used to be that Abraham and his descendants came onto God by his covenant with Abraham, but now they and others can come only through me. If he is God, then his statement, except through me, was always true. It's his eternal role, as Creator and Redeemer. If Jesus Christ is indeed God, then he was present at the covenant with Abraham when God promised that the covenant would be everlasting. And if he isn't God and wasn't God, then he has no power to overturn an everlasting covenant made by God. In either case, the covenant with Abraham remains just what Genesis says it is, everlasting, forever, eternal, unending and through Israel and through Jesus Christ, even those outside of Israel are brought into the everlasting covenant along with Abraham and his descendants. So what we're looking at here is salvation and sanctification. And remember this, that the order of salvation in covenant Whether the covenant with Abraham or the covenant with Moses, the covenant that Jesus declares, the order of salvation in covenant is, as it has always been, God initiates a saving relationship like a marriage and promises to be with us eternally. We believe in him. That is, we trust that he can do what he promises and that he will. We rely on the promise. In Jesus, as he fulfills the covenant, we witness the depth of God's love for us. Sacrifice even unto death and the power of love so great that it brings resurrection to new life. He lives with us, in us, and through us to teach us his ways so that we too might love those around us, neighbors and even enemies. This is our sanctification, our being conformed to him, learning to be like him, learning to love like him. In these, salvation and sanctification, and ultimately glorification, in these is life in Christ. It is the covenant Jesus taught and he fulfills it within us and through us, as with the Jews, as they responded to the covenant that Moses read. We are called to covenant, we obey, and we hear. Let's turn now to faith. A challenge for any of us, how to live our faith, even to understand what faith is about. Yet we see faith in the Old Testament. We see faith in the New Testament. And I'd like to begin by encouraging you after we're done here today to go read Hebrews 11. Much like Psalm 119, Hebrews 11 is a tribute to God's teaching and counsel. This chapter of Hebrews is a sweeping, exuberant, compelling praise to faith, and it begins this way. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We'll pick it up, and we'll look further right there
0: when we return. Thank you, George. The challenging concept of faith, what we're working on right now— we want to remind you that if you would like to review previous programs, those are available on the website, whatwebelieveinwhy.com. Now, currently we're in program 21, and so you can use that as a guide and move backwards and listen to past programs. You can also buy the entire book of the same title as an audiobook and listen to it while you're driving, road trips, or however you'd like. Ebook and paperback also available. We'll be back after this quick break.